Welcome to the Kingsway Christian Fellowship Home Service. We hope that you'll be blessed as you listen to this audio sermon streamed live from Melbourne, Australia. Kingsway Christian Fellowship is a family Bible-based non-denominational church preaching Jesus Christ, based in Wonturner. Visit www.kingswaychristianfellowship.com. Now here is Pastor Werner Schultz. nice to be together this morning here and we thank you we thank the lord for what he is doing in our midst and we have great faith in him this time we are doing it uh, with uh, this um, uh, zoom will be soon over i believe and when we are together in person uh, we will see each other and enjoy the fellowship hallelujah it is so good uh, then we, when we can do that. And this morning I want to continue on my theme, and that is this Christology for Hebrews. And so uh, I think the Hebrews had some problems to understand that Jesus Christ really is the Messiah. And wherever Paul was in Acts, we can read it. And the first two were... Um, opposing him were often Jews because they couldn't understand that this Jesus from Nazareth could be the son of God. And I think it's so important to understand Jesus is the son of God. Not only that, but Jesus is God. Hallelujah. And so I want to continue on that. And my theme this morning is do not neglect such greater salvation so and i'm going to read from hebrews chapter 2 the verses 1 to 18 this morning and a little bit rather long passage but let's read for this reason we must pay clo much closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. <clears throat> For if the word spoken through angels proved unadulterable, and every transgression and disobedience received a just penalty, how will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? After it was at the first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us, by those who heard, God also testified with them, both by signs and wonders and various miracles, by gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. For he did not subject to angels the world to come, concerning which we are speaking, but, on, but one has testified somewhere, saying, what man what is man that you remember him or the son of man that you are concerned about him you have made him for a while lower than the angels and have crowned him with glory and honor and he appointed him over the works of your hands and you have put all things in subjection under his feet for in subjections all things to him 
he left nothing that is not subject to him, but now we do not see yet all things subjected to him. But we do see him who was made for a while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it is what for it was fitting for him, for whom are all things and through whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to perfect the order of their salvation through suffering. For both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all from one Father, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brethren. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children whom God has given me. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. For assuredly, he does not give help to angels, but he gives help to the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brethren in all things, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For since he himself was tempted in all that what he has suffered, he is able to come to aid of those who are tempted. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you all for this section that you that we could read, Lord, to understand what you did, Lord Jesus, in order to become, Lord, our Savior, in order to become even our high priest. We want to bless your wonderful name. And I thank you, Lord, that you bless each and every one, wherever we are from, Lord. I thank you that you will give grace to speak your word, give grace to listen to your word. And also I pray that you might give grace to act upon the word. That those who might have heard and are going to hear the word of God, Lord, might act upon it and believe in it, Lord. We thank you. We do bless your wonderful and glorious name. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. And you will come soon again, Lord. We bless your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Now, as we read the scripture, and that is that what the apostle is going to say and want us to do, that we might remember Jesus, that we might pay a closer 
um, attention to the word of God. Sometimes we can hear something, but we haven't heard really. And that's often so with us men. You know, if our wife asks us something to do, we say yes, yes, yes. But when it comes to the real thing, then all of a sudden, sudden we have forgotten it. That's actually a real man thing. So if it happens to you, I can assure you, you are a real man. It happens to me, and I believe I'm a real man too. Now, there's a vast misconception amongst many, many Christians, and that is this. The God of the Old Testament is sometimes thought of like a monster. And uh, so where a monster who is uh, desperate and requires and demands everything and so on. And in the New Testament, it looks to them as if God has become more mild and more softer. And Jesus is the Savior. Now, we must understand it's so important the God of the Old Testament is also the God of the New Testament. Amen. And that's so wonderful. We can understand it. What God said in the Old Testament is the same valuable as what Jesus said in the New Testament. And Jesus often repeated and quoted things of the Old Testament. And that's so important. I think as somebody said this morning, it was you, Colm, uh, you quoted a little bit from 1 Corinthians 15, according to the scriptures, and that's so important. If Jesus would have done mer many miracles and so on, but if he would not have done everything according to the scriptures, every Jew would have had the right to reject Jesus. It is not that Jesus... Moses spoke of. Now we can see everything happened with the life of Jesus according to the scripture. And that's so important for us this morning too, that we know it is not just something new. It is according to the scripture. It has been hooked up by God. That means God said it then and it happened in the life of Jesus. Now it's important that we understand these things. Now the higher our salvation and the greater our salvation is, the higher is the responsibility as well. And I believe this is a call to responsibility that what God said, we are responsible for it in our life. In Luke chapter 12, verse 48, and Jesus made a statement there. From everyone who has been given much, much will be required. And to whom they entrusted much of him, they will ask the more. Very interesting. We see here, pay much closer attention to Jesus. Now, as we read these things, let me read verse 1 and 2 again. For this reason, we must pay much closer attention to that we have heard, so that we do not drift away from it. 
For if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable, and every transgression and disobedience received a just penalty. So we must pay attention to the word of God. Very, very important. There is a severe harshness upon the law. And that's what we also must understand. The law demands punishment straight away. For instance, Jesus spoke in John chapter 10 in the verses 30 to 33, when Jesus said there, I and the Father are one. This is very uh, familiar to us. Then we know Jesus said it clearly, I am the Father are one. And then we see the reaction of the Jews in John 10, 31 to 33. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. And Jesus answered them, I showed you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you stoning me? The Jews answered him, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. And because you, being a man, make yourself out to be God. We see here something when Jesus made the statement, I and the Father are one. Straight away, the Jews were, uh, were like to stone him. And we see Jesus said very clearly here that um, he is doing the will of the Father and he just don't want to take the honor away from the Father. Now we see any, any transgression against the law of Moses was a straight reaction to it. And this, uh, these Hebrews, they thought, well, now is the time to act upon and stone Jesus for blasphemy. But he didn't blaspheme in any way at all. Now, adultery was to be judged straight away without delay. And we read it there in John chapter 8, the verses 4 to 5. You know the story, the Pharisees and Sadducees found a woman being trapped, uh, uh, just um, that she was committing adultery. Let's read. They said to him, Teacher, this woman has been found or caught in adultery in the very act. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What then do you say? You see here, these Pharisees and Sadducees just wanted to uh, fulfill the judgment upon this woman. Now God himself is very keen that his word and also the, the commandments had to be kept. And we see it in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 3. God himself set his face against anyone sacrificing his offspring 
to Molech. And it says there in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 3, I will also set my face against that man and will cut him off from amongst his people because he has some, he has given some of his offspring to Moloch so as to defile my sanctuary and to profane my holy name. Now, for this, what the heathens did then, and sometimes also Israel practiced this, there is a modern, modern parallel, and that's been called abortion is the modern equivalent to Moloch sacrifice. And God sets his face against this person. God sets his face perhaps against that nation. And unfortunately, in the Western world, there are many, many of these cases where children are being disregarded, aborted, and their bodies thrown away. Now, God hates these things. And we must be aware of these things. God's goodness is often taken for granted. And that's the thing. People think, oh, well, um, where is God? I haven't seen any punishment. But the punishment will come. And the Bible says clearly, let me read this in Romans chapter 2, verse 4. I think we all know the scripture. And it says there, or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? If somebody says to me, oh, well, I'm well, everything in my life goes smooth, and that's so, God must be happy with me. Quite on the contrary. If everything goes fine in your life, it's the goodness of God. It's the kindness of God. And what did Paul say? Now, this kindness of God should lead us to repentance. If everything goes right in your life, that's a sign God is calling to repent of your sin and come to him. And that's so important. And many people said to me, well, God must be happy with me. No. If you experience the goodness of God, that means you are on the high alert to repent of your sin. Now, let's speak about, and the Bible says, there is also no escape in verse 3. Let's read it again. How will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation after it was at first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard? Now we see, see here, there is no escape from the greatness of God from the salvation. People might reject the salvation in Jesus Christ, but no sinner can escape. God's salvation in Jesus Christ is the highest and the last appeal 
to every sinner, to every person. That's so important. That we might not drift away. Now, this drifting away, the Greek word is parasicho. That means like a ship that can drift away. There's something that could cause a ship to drift away from the course. So I have not, never been on the boat and so as a captain, but I must say, and that's what I understand. And as this, there are two elements that could cause a ship to be drifted away from the right course. And that is the wind and the currency in the sea. That is so important to pay attention to that. That we don't might preach another gospel than the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's a currency in Christianity at the moment, an under-currency. And many, many pastors are trying to preach the gospel in a different way. And they speak about, if you don't receive Jesus, you're going into a, have you ever heard this term? Listen, you go into a Christless eternity. What does it mean? They don't have the guts to say, as the Bible says, the one who is not born again does not go into the kingdom of God. He goes into hell. And that's what the truth really, really is. Now, many say you go into a Christless eternity. Jesus never spoke about a Christless eternity. Either you are saved or you're not saved. Either you go to heaven with him because you are saved, or without Jesus, or without salvation, you go to hell, as the Bible says very clearly. Now, Jesus made it clear, and we can read it also in Mark chapter 9, verse 44. And he says, Where the worm does not die, and the fire is not quenched. He speaks about hell. He speaks about Gehenna. And he says this also in Matthew 24, verse 41. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell has not been prepared for men, has been prepared for the devil. Heaven has been made for you and me. And only if you believe in Jesus Christ, you will go to heaven. And so it's very important. We can't escape in any way. Now there's another point I want to make this morning. Jesus is superior because of his humanity. Now, I preached last time that Jesus was superior, uh, superior because of his divinity. He is God. But here in this case, we see something very interesting. And there's this in Hebrews 2, verse 7, we read, 
you have made him a little lower than the angels. In Greek is being read Elatos sas auto bracheti pa angelus. That means he has been made little lower than the angels. And that's interesting because he was human. He was human. He became a human being. And the Jesus, the last Adam, had been worshipped. He was not subject to angels, although he was made lower than the angels, although he had a physical body like we as men, but we have been made lower than the angels. And Jesus took this body we have on him, and that's why he was made lower. And that is a very interesting thing as well. Now in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9, we read this. But we do see him who was made a little lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Now, Jesus was made lower than the angels. That means that Jesus was not subject to the angels. He became a human being like you and me. And so we see the last Adam, and that is Jesus, was classified by this uh, sentence a little lower than the angels. That means like we, we have been made lower than the angels. But through the resurrection of Jesus Christ and him in whom we believe, there is going to come a day where also we will be glorified and we will see him as he is. Hallelujah. Interesting and important to understand is this Jesus was fully God and fully man. Jesus brought many sons to glory, and that's so wonderful. He not only died, but he died for us, and his death on the cross and resurrection brought forth many others, many sons to glory. That's all those who believe in Jesus Christ. You and I, we are a son made and prepared for him that we have been made to the glory of God. Now, Jesus' humanity enables him to save us. And that's so important. And we can read in verse 17, Therefore, he had be made like his brethren in all things, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sin of the people. 
for since he himself was tempted, so we read verse 18, that which he has suffered, he also is able to become or to come to the aid of those who are tempted. That means he was made able to be tempted. And you know what it means to be tempted. And so he comes to our aid and he will help us. And he will, in this regard, step next to you through the Holy Spirit. Do not forget what Jesus did. Do pay attention to what we have. And that's what we have in Jesus Christ, eternal life. And he made us children of God. I heard of a story. A man strolled along the beach, as we all might have had once in our life. And while he was strolling along the beach, he found somewhere uh, very interesting little stones. And he picked them up, put them in his pocket, and he had a look at them. They were so nice and so flat. And he took them as often children do. He took one of them and he threw them onto the water and then he saw this flat stone jumping from one little uh, wave to another. And that gave him some kind of excitement. And so as he did one, he grabbed into his pocket and took another one and let it jump from one little wave to another. And finally, he had only one left and he stopped the whole exercise. He thought I might take one of these little precious and interesting stones home. He took the last one home. All the others he had uh, uh, thrown into the sea and had his enjoyment. And then he thought, well, I might go to a jeweler and perhaps she might give me some idea what kind of stones these are. The next day he went to the jeweler and took this last stone out, showed him the stone. The jeweler had a look at it and he took his magnifying glass and looked onto the stone and he observed the jeweler and he saw that the jeweler's face was somehow full amazement. But it didn't say anything at the moment. After he is, had expected that stone very thoroughly, he asked him a question. Do you have more of these stones? Do you have more of them? This is a very, very high carat, precious stone. What do you think? At what would have this man thought now? He thought about every single one he threw away. That's why 
That's what here the apostle says. Do pay closer attention to what we have got. Pay close attention to Jesus and to salvation in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And it's so important that we do not squander our salvation as the brother of Jacob did. He came home from the field, Jacob, he had a nice meal prepared and Esau was hungry and he said, give me some of the red stuff. And we know the story that Esau, he wanted to have the first birthright and then he said, well, give it to me. And Esau said, well, I have to die anyway. What does it help me? But Jacob knew this first birthright has so much, such a potential. First of all, it gives me the blessing of my father. And I will be in every way a blessing. And Jacob experienced it in his life. And we read that Esau couldn't make it return again. He didn't find repentance. That means he was not able to do it again because when he came to his father in and he confessed that he wanted to have the blessings and he couldn't get the blessing. He couldn't find any repentance although he was crying and thought in tears he might get his father to rethink, but it was gone. If we squander our salvation, then we lose everything. We are at square one, as if we were never ever born again. That's why this word here, do not squander what you receive. And therefore, for this reason, we must pay much closer attention. What is your salvation worth to you? Young people, don't gamble with your salvation for the enjoyment of this world. There could be no movie in this world so interesting to give your salvation away. There could be nothing in this world so important to squander your salvation. Pay now attention, much more attention to your salvation. And that's what we want to do. That's the word the Lord gave for me today for everyone of you. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And I thank you, Lord, that you showed us what it cost Jesus to give his life, 
that he could cause and give us salvation in Jesus Christ. And you, Lord, you are our high priest. And you went through all the temptations, Lord, sometimes we have to go to. And Lord, you can come to aid, to help us. And I pray, help each and every one. And even those who know you as their Savior and Lord, I pray, Lord, that they really might pay closer, much closer attention to their salvation in Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you that we have been also crucified to this world. In this world is nothing, nothing worthwhile pursuing. Oh Lord Jesus, we want to pursue you. You are the one greater than anything. Hallelujah. I pray for our young people in this congregation. I bless them in the name of Jesus. Lord, that they might pay much closer attention to their salvation as they ever would have done. I bless your name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Bye.